0: Member FDIC.
1: We often will hear things like, let's put Jesus back into Christmas. But I think the big question is, what does that actually mean? And even if you can come up with that, how would you actually do it? Now, I don't want to say that I have all the answers, but I do have some helpful ideas that really would help us to find that perfect balance this Christmas season. And we'll look at it and we'll do it through a Christmas favorite elf. My name is Cameron De La Torre and this is the Pitch Insane of film. So before we start and and talk about Elf, I want to do something a little different and more specifically I want to invite us all to actually start this episode in prayer. Um, So we're going to try a certain style of prayer called Ignatian meditation. So I'm not going to go too much into the details. I I really do encourage you to kind of go deep later on after this episode to understand what Ignatian meditation is. But just as as a summary, Ignatian is kind of used to be able to put yourself into a scene in the Bible. So to use scripture and really put yourself there. Um, so I guess the, the biggest tool that you need when you do it, of course, besides a Bible, is just your imagination. So as I read this passage, I want you to try to put yourself in the scene. So just kind of look around at all the people. Look at, you know, all the, the different objects that are in the room. Maybe even try to imagine you feeling them. See how they feel. What color are they? Right. So as I read this, you want to kind of add, ask those questions to yourself. The one thing too that I want to recommend is there's there's a number of ways that you can do this. You can either kind of put yourself as one of the the main characters or you can kind of put yourself on the outskirts, right? You can think of yourself kind of just as an onlooker looking at the scene. And if it doesn't really match the scene, right, that, that doesn't really matter. Just kind of imagine that you're there. And so, like I said at the beginning, the biggest thing that you can do is to use your imagination and just kind of be creative, also, for the sake of time in this episode, I'm gonna read the passage very slowly, just once. And normally with the Ignition Meditation, you want to read it a couple times just so that you can kind of focus on those things that, that are sticking out to you and just take that step forward to understand kind of where you are and, and what's what the Lord is speaking to you through the passage. So as I go through, as I said, what you want to do is, you know, if you have a Bible, you can follow along. If not, that's totally fine. I really encourage you to try to just close your eyes and just listen to the words. As as I said, just put yourself in that scene. What we're going to be looking at today is probably one of the most famous Christmas stories you know, and that's the Nativity. And we're going to kind of go through and, and follow the Bible. So as I mentioned, if you have a Bible, great. If not, just go ahead and close your eyes. And we're going to be reading Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. So we'll kind of put ourselves in that kind of prayerful state Take a deep breath and we'll begin. Now in those days, there was a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own town. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. I hope you, you, you're able to really kind of start picturing the scene. So just imagine Mary and Joseph are on their way on their way to, to partake in the first census and they stop. Mary is, is just about to begin to give birth to Jesus. And there's no room in the inn. There's no there's no place for them, so they, they stay in a manger. Now look at Mary and Joseph as they wait, as they, they find comfort in this place that was not made for for human beings to to rest now think about Mary after Jesus is born just see her her hold him see her look at him see her give give him a smile as he stares at her lovingly as a baby stares at, at their mother and just think think about what's going on in her mind she knows that this is the Messiah. This is our Savior. Think about the, maybe the, the fears or the worries that she has, but at the same time that hope. Right, look, at, look at the animals that are surrounding them. Look at Joseph as he holds his wife, holds his newborn. And he knows that, that this is the Son of God. Yet there he is giving himself entirely to this child. We'll finish that. And I hope that was kind of helpful to you, as especially as we, we prepare, because, of course, this is Christmas time. And really, I think at the at the beginning of what we do is when we think about prayer, oftentimes we think about just sitting down with, with Jesus, with God and just praying, you know, saying things, trying, waiting for him to say things back. But I think oftentimes it can be very helpful to go through Scripture. So I hope, like I mentioned, that this is helpful and this kind of gives you a better idea of something else that you can do something really powerful that you can do during prayer whenever you're able to pray but more importantly, I think this is this is really awesome to kind of go through the nativity um to be able to kind of put yourself in that scene to remember really why we celebrate Christmas right because the nativity is is always a great reminder of God's love for all of us. I think what's really beautiful especially if you're able to kind of picture Jesus as, as a as a baby is to see that. God didn't come down as some mighty warrior, right? God came down as a small, innocent baby. And I think that's just a beautiful gift because there's a lot of hope in this story and a lot of inferred hope too, because obviously if you were to keep reading the Bible, you'd see all the things that Jesus does. But what this is, is it's a start. It's not ideal. They're in a manger. They're kind of pushed aside in some ways and for all intents and purposes, there's nothing special about this birth of Jesus. Yet, yeah, as we'll see later, if we were to continue to this story, you would see just the role that Jesus plays in all of our lives. The simple birth becomes something special. I want us to kind of keep that in the back of our minds, but more importantly, let's start thinking, okay, so what does this have to do with Elf, <laughs> right? Elf is is a funny, very fun film. Um, and I it's been kind of a while since I had seen it, but for the last couple of years, my sister and I were like, oh, we need to watch Elf at some point because it is a classic. And so finally, I, I took the time and I watched it. And yes, 100% highly recommend there. There's a lot of just fun, fun things that come from Will Ferrell from the film itself. And just like thinking about kind of what this actually means for us. One of the big things is Elf is a story of hope. When we think of Christmas, we always think of oh, the Christmas miracle, right? That's That's something that becomes a really big foundation in kind of our modern view of Christmas, this this idea of hope, this idea that if we come together, you know, happiness, joy, all these great things can come from it. And that's really what this time is about. And I'll say it again, the big things that come from Christmas oftentimes are are hope and joy. But I think oftentimes there's this kind of misunderstanding of where that hope and joy comes from, because generally speaking, when we think of Christmas, we think of presents. We think of Santa Claus. We think of going to shopping on Black Friday right after Thanksgiving, right? We even see, if you look at like go to department stores or even just different shopping centers, they're all decorating Christmas. for They all have Christmas decorations sometime in November, right? It's this, it's this great thing, this great, beautiful thing, because like I said, it does bring us to a certain level of joy. But oftentimes we kind of forget the real purpose of Christmas, right? And we think because of all that, it's kind of taken over the generations Is this time of getting that new toy, right? Getting that new Lego set. And then none of those things are bad because, honestly, that's one of my favorite things too, being able to receive and give gifts to the people I love, right? To my family and friends. And if you were to think about it, I mean, Jesus got some toys for Christmas too. We think he got gold, he got frankincense, he got myrrh. And I think that's the, the funny thing about that is that those are not necessarily the the gifts that we would all hope for. But Jesus did get some gifts during Christmas, so it kind of does make sense that we do as well. But I want to stress, though, is that we have to remember that those gifts that we get, they can't take precedence over our lives and over how we view this really beautiful holiday. And the joys that come from receiving those gifts really shouldn't outweigh the true meaning of Christmas. For any of you who who don't know, Christmas, right, it kind of sounds like it, Christ and Mass, But Christmas is actually comes from Old English, and it actually does mean Christ's Mass. I definitely didn't know this, but the name, when it's abbreviated to x it actually comes from the Roman letter X, which resembles the Greek letter X, which is an abbreviation for Christ. You see, before, I just thought that was kind of just this fun little thing that we did. But there's actually true meaning in the word Christmas, and of course, in the the abbreviation x it's centered around Christ. Now, what elf shows us is this certain level of joy, but oftentimes it's this look at the economic side of Christmas, right? The consumerism aspect of Christmas. And those are fine. And I think there's a certain goodness that comes from going to, like I said, going to the store and getting a toy or, or getting those things for for especially for the children, because I mean that's kind of just adds to a certain level of appeal. But I think there's a there is this idea that if we do that, it's very easy for it to become For those things to become idols in our hearts and our minds and the way that we see the things around us, right? It's very easy for for somebody to think, oh, I have to get a certain amount of gifts in order to be happy on this holiday. But that's not necessarily true. And I think the reason why I chose to talk about Elf Buddy, Will Ferrell's character, cares more so about the family that's around him. About the joy that he gets from from meeting his father, from being with his his stepbrother. And even from just spending time with the people around him than he does from the toys. And he sees the toys. He sees those things as opportunities to draw closer to people, not to draw closer to the toys. And there's a lot of beautiful things that you can actually take from that, right? Especially when he decorates the the, the toy store for Santa's coming, he recognizes that he can use those things to create a certain level of joy for the children and for all the people around in an effort to help them to kind of dive into the spirit of the holiday. And that's once again, hope, joy, togetherness with family, with friends. And so it's important to kind of recognize that Buddy actually does kind of understand the true meaning because he understands that the toys are just aspects of what makes this holiday special. And I think the funny thing is when he actually goes and and fights Santa, right? When he realizes Hey, Santa, that's not real. That's a mall Santa. And, there's a certain level of truth in that and that he recognizes that the only way that the holiday works is if we seek the truth and the meaning behind what makes a holiday special. Now, that's not to say mall and are bad. It's just it's more of a kind of a metaphor, right? He recognizes that there is something missing in the way that people are celebrating and he's angered by it. And he tries to do something in order to change it, to kind of bring it back to what it was meant to be. So this is kind of like a call for us with with Christmas. You know, even when we think about, yeah, bring Jesus back into Christmas. I think there's a certain level there that it's not about just, oh, let's read the Bible all the time during Christmas. There You can balance everything, but you just have to recognize when something is taking the place of what it should be. You have to be able to recognize that, there's something missing. And it's sometimes it's hard to do so, right? He had took him a little while and he was moving around the beer to actually recognize that. But it takes some time to really work together to see, okay, why are we celebrating this as a family, you know, as with our friends? What what are we doing during this holiday that allows us to, to enjoy the aspects of Christmas that a lot of us celebrate with, with the gifts, with the Christmas tree, with having just a meal, you know, a holiday meal. I know with my family we always eat tamales. Uh, for, for Christmas. So it's like all those different things, these traditions that we have. But at the same time, you know, we have to balance that with celebrating Jesus' birth, celebrating this important holiday for for Christians alike, right? No matter what denomination you are, this is an important holiday because this is the foundation of of our understanding that Jesus came for us. God came down for us. And so I want to kind of stress that a little bit, but then I want to go to the real gist of Christmas, of Elf, and how it actually can help us to really see what we've been talking about. But at the same time, too, just the central themes that, that there's a lot of Christianity within what he does and how he acts in the film. So let's start by going through the family structure of Jesus. So most of us will know this. And if obviously, we read the, the Bible passage of the Nativity. But just a recap... Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary and the Holy Spirit. So he has no biological father, only an earthly father, which is Joseph. However, it's such an important aspect of Christian living that we understand who Jesus is. Right? So if you if you listened a little bit to what we've been talking about so far, or just, yeah, if you've been able to read the Bible, it's, it's important to understand why Jesus came. And we'll kind of get a little bit into that soon. Um, but I just want to kind of put that on your radar into understanding why Elf teaches us about Jesus and about Christianity. And so I'll continue talking about the family structure because if you read the Bible, you, you understand that Jesus is oftentimes referred to as the son of God. Right? And as we, as we read in the Nativity and as we, prayed over, as we prayed over it through Ignatian meditation, we get this view of, of his earthly family. But when you continue through the Gospels and when you continue to understand who Jesus is, you get an idea that what Jesus does and says, right, his miracles, his acts, how he speaks to people through parables, even just the the way that he describes himself. You really recognize that there's so much more, right? There's so much more about who he is. It's not just about this earthly aspect of who he is. And so likewise, we can look at the start of Elf and we see he's adopted family, right? All the elves and and Santa Claus in the North Pole. And we see that he's received so much joy from Beth, being part of their family. And we also saw kind of what he could do, recognizing that in some ways there was really great gifts that he had that were different than those of the elves. Even though he didn't recognize it as an audience, we could tell that there was something more, right? There was something that separated him from the elves. And that something more took him a lot of time to actually figure it out. And it wasn't until he was an adult that he began his quest to meet his father and join his real family. And along the way, we go through all these different things, all these funny aspects of, of what makes the film great. But ultimately, his goal was in many ways to bring his two families together, right? His dad was on the naughty list. So he was trying to bring them together to help him to understand, and appreciate the spirit of Christmas. And he does this through his love, through his joy, and of course, through his understanding of Christmas, of the holiday season, of, of the joys that come from this really great holiday. And so in a practical sense, this and every Christmas season, Jesus is inviting us to do the exact same, right? After he was born, he lived in many ways just a normal life as, a, as an apprentice, as a carpenter. But it was then that he began after a while to recognize and to see his next step, and that's not to say also that Jesus didn't know that Jesus is God, so he knew exactly what he was doing. But there was a recognition of when he needed to start his quest, his mission. And that came as an adult. So I hope that you're starting to see the, where I'm going with this and see the similarities, right? Buddy started his mission as an adult. Jesus started his mission as an adult. And once again, the similarities will, will be at the forefront when we think about his mission stem from the fact that Jesus was fully man. And fully God, right? And his goal was to bring his earthly family into an eternal union with his heavenly father, right? Just as we, we've talked about in the past, as we looked kind of through Jesus in other films, right? Jesus is is our bridge to true happiness and joy. His coming down to earth is his way of inviting us into his spiritual family, right? To be children of God. And I think St. Paul sums this up in Romans When he looks, when he says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And that leads me back to, to Luke's description of the family, uh, of the, uh, Jesus' family in the nativity. J- Jesus was referred to as the firstborn son of Mary, and not because she had other kids, but rather that was kind of a legal description. It said that he would receive the rights and privileges of the family, right? But as the son of God and Messiah... He's very much like the firstborn son of God, right? And the father wants to give him the same privileges and rights that he would as as an earthly firstborn. But I think what separates that is that Jesus and God the father want to extend all of those rights, all of those privileges to us. And it's because they love us so much that they want us to share and to be heirs to true joy in heaven. And this true joy in heaven and eternal life is given through jesus and i'll finish with this all right as we celebrate christmas and we sing some christmas carols and, and just give some gifts and maybe drink some eggnog if that's your thing something that you can really do is give thanks to god for the gifts that you receive from the voice that you have to sing these songs and for the ability to to make this food the the eggnog whatever it may be that you celebrate with like right, to thank god for all those gifts And of course, really just always remembering that the most perfect, most awesome gift is waiting to be opened, not just during Christmas, but every day. This is the time to really spend it with your family, with your friends celebrating Jesus and not the gifts that you receive, right? These earthly gifts. It's an opportunity to to receive Jesus, to receive this gift and this future, this future with him, with God in heaven. But it takes time and that's fine. So in this holiday season, in, in this Christmas season, yeah, make sure you, you spend time with your family, spend time with your friends, however it may be, especially in this difficult time when a lot of people are apart. You know, make that call. And remember that the true spirit of Christmas, the true holiday joy, the true Christmas miracle is being able to just love the people around us and to give ourselves to those people, to our family, to our friends, just as Jesus gave himself, just as God gave himself, in his birth right, during the Nativity, Merry Christmas and have a safe and blessed time. This has been the Patron Saint of Film. I'm your host, Cameron De La Torre. Special thanks to our producer, Rachel Darling. Our sponsor, Mike Patton. Music brought to you by Carlos Munoz. You can follow me on Instagram at Patron Saint of underscore Film. Have a blessed day.
0: Member FDIC.